Well, it was all that I could do to keep from crying. Well, you know who, who had his ashes uh, spread at home plate? The dude that did the Co- Go Cubs Go song. Yeah, Wasn't him Goodman? Steve Goodman? Yeah, Steve Goodman. You know what else he wrote? He wrote the perfect country and western song, and then he sent it to either Waylon Jennings or one of those guys. Well, a friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song, and he told me it Lord was the perfect Jackson Jackson. Come out, she's Kellyanne on the board. Almost perfect, S&P futures up 33. We're trying to rally again today. Yes, in fact, we're doing a pretty good job right now. Nasdaq futures up 155. Dow futures up 191. We will see if uh, that hangs in there. Um, <coughs> That uh, we have Kevin. You do. How are you? This uh, poor Steve Goodman <clears throat> is my poster child against the uh, everyone making an argument against cremation. The poor guy's ashes were uh, spread at home plate at Wrigley Field, and then the next year or the year after, they dug out the whole field, put a new field in, and now he's in a dump. Dump. Well, that's that not sucks. good. Yeah, that's that's not good. So, so the the uh, field where my I want my ashes uh, spread is uh, is destined for the same uh, same treatment, huh? Uh, yeah. Why don't you just get yourself a grave with your name on it? So, three hundred years from now, people go by and say this guy must have been somebody. He's got a grave. Uh, you know, one of my happy places. If if you go up to uh, Athletic Field, uh, which is at uh, um, I think it's actually at Addison and Central Park, but it's probably. Five feet away from the expressway there, um, where I played softball for a long time, and one of my happy places is the right-handed batter's box on Diamond One. So that's where I want some of my ashes spread. I got I'll have a deal for you. I'll take a few of your hair if I'm if I outlast you, and I'll put those there. You can do that. Yeah, and the rest of you, you know, just saying. As my my Yiddish guys tell me, if you guys believe you're you're getting up on the last day, how the hell do you, are you going to get up if you're scattered all over the place? Kind of a scatterbrain uh, is what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying, and, and <laughs> of course, somebody says, "Well, if you have a real God, He should be able to do whatever He wants." But why make it hard for Him? Just be right there. Oh, because yeah, what I, I need to make sure. I mean, yeah, need to make sure He's a real God. Ah, just, uh, just saying. Well, whatever. You know, it's and, and if it's and if it's a she, there's a uh, a really good chance that I pissed her off sometime in my life. So I'm not going to count on that either. Well, it's if it's only a couple times, it's probably not so bad. <laughs> just, just saying. Uh, well, we got some rallies here. We have uh, uh, the CMG, uh, the the Mexican Grill, uh, was up was up one fifty last night, and uh, now they're up. Is that, and, is that Chipotle? Yeah, the uh, straddle was a hundred fifty bucks. Ouch! So I didn't do anything in there. A little above my pay grade, Kevin. Hundred fifty dollar move, you know. And it pretty much got there. I got maybe got a one twenty five, one thirty, and. Uh, Oh, it's at 89. So I guess if you had the stones to sell the straddle, uh, you, you're going to make some money. Just saying. You know, I, I thought I, I thought I heard the report on that, and they said that their menu price hikes did not affect demand. Now, I'm, I'm kind of wondering about that. Um, does that mean that you didn't sell fewer but didn't grow? Or does that mean you continued whatever your growth, uh, um, growth curve was? Despite um, the price increases, are we uh, going to try and, and be? And, and they, they weren't very specific. The report wasn't very specific about that. Are we uh, going to uh, 
be economically rigorous here with our definitions, or are we going to be like everybody else? Oh, no, we're going with rigorous. All right, so the... We're going with rigorous. This is, you know, this this is what we've been talking about with, with inflation for so long, and how, how, how can it be hidden? Well, all you really have to do, and, and it's, in some cases they, you know, over the years, and I'm talking about over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, whatever, whatever the uh, time frame we want to pick is, um, that when you would see uh, a Home Depot or somebody like that uh, reporting uh, increased revenues, you really it, you have to dig around. It's it's really hard to find out whether their uh, um, whether their volumes have changed. It, it you know it's out there. It, it shows up in some of the industry journals and places like that. So it's out there to be found. And every once in a while, I stumble across it and say, "Hmm, okay, so your volume, your you know your 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 number of customers per store." Uh, or your, you know, your number of, uh, items sold in different categories. If those are, if those are flat or falling, but your revenues are up, then inflated prices is the only explanation that's left. And, Correct. um, uh, on the other hand, if, um, you know, if you actually are, were seeing, uh, over the years, seeing, uh, increased traffic in the stores and increased numbers of customers and so on, the average ticket, you know, you can, you can, you can look a little bit at that too. But you know you have to take that apart, and of course we in, uh, in you know, we uh, we the collective we in media land don't do those kinds of deep dives into anything. The collective we the people collectively have mice in their pockets, so they can say we. Yeah, we we yes. Um, I'm gonna before Eliani's eyes glaze over here, which glaze over, which I don't want to see happen. Uh, <coughs> we, we we absolutely confuse two terms. One is demand and quantity demanded. They are they are absolutely separate. They are not the same, being separate, and uh, but they are used totally interchangeably by people who have no idea what they're talking about. The d- a demand the demand for a product is a curve. Okay, so s- pick burritos for instance. At every the demand is at five bucks a burrito. Uh, the demand in a certain area is going to be 100 burritos a day. At six bucks a burrito, it's going to be 90 burritos a day or something. We probably don't know, but it's going to be a, a lesser less. Amount. It's going to be something less. At 20 bucks, <clears throat> it's probably going to be a lot less. Okay. At 20 bucks, it might be two. It might be two burritos, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but as. So as, it's not, it's not a straight line. When no. we say it's a curve, it's a curve. Right. So it's a, and, uh, a supply curve is the same way. And, it, and where those two intersect, is usually where everything works, okay, where the supply and demand intersect. But now the, your quantity demanded, if, if for instance, uh, for the demand curve to change, something has to happen. Either a bunch of people get a lot of money or the rest of our next door closes or something like that. Something has to cause the demand curve to change. But if you just raise the price... Okay, and then, and all of a sudden you sell a few less, your quantity demanded, which was on the curve all along, that's not, that's nothing new, you just raise the price. <clears throat> that number has been, has been part of the curve the whole time. There's a difference, I guess what I'm saying, in, in the entire curve changing, and you just moving along the curve. M- maneuvering the price and moving along the curve, you're changing your quantity demanded, but you're not changing the demand. However, if there's... Well, and of course, quantity demanded can also be affected by events. So, sure. you know, in, in in a local situation, um, 
you know, let's take the Home Depot example. They sell shingles. Um, so if you have a really big, bad windstorm, then uh, you may have a sudden spike in quantity demanded, and that can affect the pricing. Well, that actually would would, would shift the whole curve because yeah. because people are, people are going to they might get money for insurance. They might just say, hey, "I'd rather not leak," so I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Yeah, gas what's inter- what becomes interesting about it then is you shift the you shift the curve. The curve will eventually shift back after right. everybody's fixed their roofs, um, and uh, and and then the question is, will the price adjustment with that happened with the shifted curve uh, go back to where it was? That's why in, says, in economic theory it would, but in reality it usually doesn't. Well, that's why economics is such. If you really want to learn it, is such a fascinating subject. Because all this stuff is interplaying back and forth all over the place, and every and every product, probably even in every location, has its own curve. So every you really can't do only one thing. You know, if, yeah. if you if you well, you also get then you get pricing of substitutes or alternatives right. or uh, technological innovations that create new products that didn't exist before that will compete with you. All of that is going on at any given time, which is what makes it a really uh, fascinating. Um, well, fascinating you... study, much like you know my uh, my area uh, nowadays in supply chain is the same kind of thing. Where right. There's so many moving parts that they all affect each other. Well, the the thing that our, our geniuses don't seem, and I honestly believe that when you when you mess around with economics without knowing what the hell you're doing, like our politicians continually do, not to say that every economist you put on the TV uh, you should listen to them either. There's a difference between knowing economics and knowing policy, right? I mean, uh, <clears throat> there could be a huge difference. But it's like putting people in charge of, of your appendectomy that, hey, is this a butter knife? What is this thing? <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you really wouldn't want that to happen, would you? I mean, uh, <clears throat> by the way, what, do you know what you're doing? I thought my appendix was on the other side. Oh, yeah, it is. You, know, you don't want that, right? But we have that with people making economic decisions in this country. But the, the part I think that some of these jamokes, don't seem to understand is that they they think everybody has a like an infinite supply of money that can be directed at them. So to say, for instance, that uh, I mean I don't know the exact number, but I've, I've been hearing it from everybody and I've seen it on my own bills. I'm going to say your your electric bills and gas bills are up ten to twenty to forty percent, depending on who you are and what your situation is from last year. That's what everybody's telling me. Now, I don't know if mine's been 40%, but I'm going to say I'm at least 20. Uh, now, that, that giant sucking sound, be that a $25, $40 a family out of the Chicago area, or this whatever, how many, the whole area, say it's a million families. All right, well, what's that? That's 20 million bucks. Now, some of it is going to go to the, if you follow it through, some of it's going to go to the utility companies, who no doubt will give themselves a fat ass raise, which they don't deserve. Uh, so some of the money will be there. It'll it'll go someplace, but it, but every family that we know is going to have forty bucks less to do something with. So every single one of their demand curves for every other product they have is drip is dropped just a little. So maybe they yeah, it shifts a little bit in yeah. the collective uh, shift with everybody uh, involved. So maybe the medicine curve doesn't, because you need your medicine. 
But it was right. so you start prioritizing. Yeah. Basically, that's what you do. You, yeah. you know, who do you have to pay? Well, I have to pay the utilities. I have to pay my rent or my, uh, um, uh, you know, or, or my mortgage, or else I'll get kicked out of my house. So you take care of those. Um, you know, taxes. You got. You know, you, they're they're going to get you. So you have to, you have to pay those. Um, but then you're getting down to your bare essentials and uh, and a certain level a certain level of food, but not necessarily. Uh, um, a shift in quantity it's just what kinds of food you buy and it's all of those things that come into play that make everything so interesting and then you know i again once again i take it back to supply chains that cause demand shifts and the uh, you know the this notion of demand amplification that every time there's a demand shift it kind of bullwhips its way through the supply chain um is um you know is it becomes another factor in there and this is why i keep saying that uh, everything has shifted so much and is so interdependent that people who think, oh, we'll just straighten out our supply chain issues this year, I think they're full of crap. I think it's going to take much longer than that. The, uh, um, but the good news is your demand curve for your bears, they just raised their seats uh, 6%, which actually lowered probably most people, but still it's 6%. Um, I'm sure they're worth it. Well, I'm, uh, no doubt they're 6% more fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Going into next year, I mean, clearly. Have you any any uh, conversations with people regarding the new thing in Arlington Park? I've had it with a few people that no. generally are, I would say, have real jobs, are real bright, and all of a sudden when they start talking about these sports teams, boy, oh, boy, they become the... the, the uh, the, the the amazing largesse they like uh, you know give governments. Um, the other night I was talking to somebody and he goes, "Well, they're going to have you know gambling out there." And I said, "Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did did the Arlington Park property come with a casino? That would be news to most people that are trying to get one. Well, you know, you got to get got to give the Bears gambling so they can pay for it. No, I don't have to give the Bears anything." Why, why, what, now, did that come with a casino? If I would have got put a group of guys together and we bought Arlington Park, would we have would we have had a casino included in there? Well, you know they're gonna. <laughs> yeah, say say you just wanted to you just wanted to develop the property like the um, uh, the uh, new downtown they built in Glenview after uh, after the um, naval base uh, closed down. And I, I don't know if you've ever been up there, but um, you know they have this this whole town built around it with a. Uh, an entertainment district, and then all kinds of condos, townhouses, uh, single-family units, and all this uh, spread out through it. And uh, so suppose somebody bought Arlington Park and wanted to do something like that with it. Would they get a casino? Well, I mean, I could certainly, I actually love the racetrack. So, um, you know, if we had the scratch, oh, we might have said, well, wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We'll buy it. We'll leave it a racetrack. But now that since you're giving me a casino, we'll have a casino there, a real nice sports betting. Uh, facility and oh by the way we'll build since there's a train station right there for God's sake we're going to build 300 uh, townhomes and condos here it'll be a great place to live nice big swimming pool all kinds of stuff uh, tennis courts there's room there <clears throat> I think there is I don't know I mean uh, now would I get the casino too I think or, you should yeah I think I is is it, is it ever possible in the state of Illinois to have any sort of transaction that actually the buyer knows what he's buying and the seller knows what he's selling. Is it even possible in this state without somebody figuring out a way for the second guy to get a zoning variance and 
he goes four stories, the other guy went three. Some kind of crap like that. Is, is it is it even possible in this state? Well, I, yeah, I think I think the good chef Pritzker is easy to navigate. Everybody fully understands how that guy thinks, and it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. It's a well. He didn't start this. This is this is way before him. I don't. No, no, no. It goes way back. I mean, it's a. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of, um, um, you know, referring more than anything else to uh, you know what what's happened in the last week or so with. Uh, with him and mandates because he's apparently he's getting ready to announce easing up of the mandates except in schools which means your kids can go out anywhere in the world uh without a mask but they will have to wear them in school for well, that's because God knows what reason oh, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know the reason sense. you know the reason he's but, uh, the teachers but the, he, he lost the, the court case and immediately appealed and you know because he appealed he can't just back off completely here we uh there's no, there's no way to save face from that. So, everything you know, is what he should do is just withdraw the appeal and, um, and and uh, and move ahead. But he's not going to do that because um, that makes him look like an idiot. Uh, or he does. Hey, he looks like an idiot anyway. What the heck? But the uh, yeah, you wonder where there's there's no such thing as as not having a negotiation. And uh, let's see, yeah, you can go back to the bar, but you got to wear two pairs of underwear. What's what's that got to do with the price of rice? Well, you know, you can't just say you go back to the bar. You got I got I got a little something. You could have a casino, but well, it's be you know, place. you do have to wear two pairs of underwear because you might fart, and you know, yeah, that's true. We know that double cloth masking works. So if that works, it's also going to stop the uh, methane gas that yeah. we met from. Uh, well, if we can just do that for cows, so, you yeah. know, everybody everybody knows that that's how it works. So um, yeah, you, you definitely have to wear you know wear two pairs of underwear. There has, there has to be I some. I would hate to be the bouncer. Yeah, so it would have to be, uh, um, you know, there's always a negotiation. On Plus, he, he is absolutely in, in uh, beholden to the teachers' unions in the state. So he's got to give them their pound of flesh. They don't, they don't, they, they don't, they don't want to catch COVID, even though everybody else has already had it. They, no, they don't want to, they don't want to go to work. They, they no, kind of no. like this virtual stuff. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty scary. What, uh, I watched, uh, with my buddy last night. He gives me the call. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I guess you're going to tell me what I'm doing. How about me? We will watch the Marquette game. I was very disappointed. Marquette lost to uh, UConn. Uh, that big guy in the middle is pretty good on uh, UConn. He's kind of a he's kind of a he's a battleship in there. Who's that guy? He's you know what I'm talking about. Their center is pretty good. No, I, I've only watched a little Big East basketball, and every time I do, I say, "Gosh, I miss being in the Big East. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be there than the uh, ACC for for Notre Dame." Oh, um, UConn's not but, Catholic. Uh, that's alas. Um, you know that wasn't a decision. That wasn't a basketball decision uh, that no. they made. Um, it was a uh, how, how do we keep football quasi independent, and where do we park all other sports? Um, because the Big East, you know, uh, the Big East has gotten better in women's basketball, but by and large in women's sports, the Big East kind of sucks. What if, if we're going to do that? We being the Irish, we we already in with the Big Ten and hockey. I'd much rather, you know, have. Uh, Lacrosse and everything, women's softball. I'd rather be in the Big Ten. Maybe I could actually go see a game once in a while. Well, there uh, there isn't Big Ten lacrosse, as far as I know. Oh, there isn't. Right. Really, they they don't have men's soccer either, do they? And Illinois doesn't have it. They team. might not. Yeah. So, so you know, so that's you know, those become the issues. And you know, hardly anybody has hockey. So you know, hockey was in Hockey East for a while. And it was in the CCHA before that, so you know, kind of playing nomad and going into the Big Ten. That was actually a pretty easy decision for them because while Hockey East is a great conference, uh, 
other than Boston College, nobody nobody locally cared who was coming to town. Uh, but people will go out to see Ohio State or Michigan or Wisconsin. You know, those are, those are known commodities. Well, who was the uh, who, who was the final Big Ten team to get a t- Big Ten school to get a team that enabled the Big Ten to be a conference? Was it a Penn State? They Penn they, State. Yeah. They give them, well, they get, that gives them seven. You need seven to have a conference or eight or something. Six. Okay, and the Irish made seven, or the Irish made six. I think the Irish made six. Or maybe the Irish made seven. I don't know. I'd have to go look. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, it was that. There's always been talk that I've heard of Illinois considering having a hockey program. Um, but it's always the issue is, okay, but that's expensive. Where are we going to get the money for it to get it started? Um, just get more kids from China. That, okay, whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. What um, what do you make of the you know, the market? Is has looked healthy the last couple of days. We had a a massive change in the, in the two hundred sixty billion dollars worth in the Facebook Meta, whatever name you want to use. Uh, that's are, are they going to be one of those that uh, we're going to be sitting here twenty years from now? Hopefully, we're sitting here twenty years from now, and uh, they're not back to their their high their high their high price like some of the ones in two thousand. Cisco's still not well, I, I'm, I'm a little puzzled on what their business model is at this point. Well, that's other than yeah. other than to try and uh, gobble up other social media companies wherever they could. Um, you know, where, where do they go from here? You know, uh, is, is there you know, uh, there's only so many social media companies that they can buy, and then and there's and competition is. Now starting to actually be a possibility in that marketplace. So, I, you know, I, I don't know where do they go. Do they, you know, where's their expansion path? Um, I suppose they could get into data, you know, the data analytics business rather than just providing it and using it for themselves. I, I suppose they could sell analytics services, but that's an incredibly competitive market. So, um, you know, there's no guarantees of success there. Well, once in a while, you're, you're it's, 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 it'll be interesting to see what they do. And you know, is is Zuckerberg really the uh, um, the visionary that uh, people thought he was, um, who who can guide through this, or is he just the guy who took the uh, what was called the Facebook on campus and put it online, and was you know kind of the right place, right time, got lucky and. Uh, and it grew, and I don't know the answer to that. I guess time will tell. Well, I mean, it's, it's a whole when you have, you know, easy easy money, easy money, uh, and those kinds of things happening, and you start talking about valuations. I mean, I, I'm going to say that the you know, the company does what the company does, but when you start talking about a trillion dollar valuation, somebody somewhere, not just a couple of nerds like you and me, are going to say, "Hey." Jeff, uh, how exactly are you going to start making a hundred billion dollars a year, like every year for the next thirty? Because uh, that's about what your company's the worst says you're going to be able to do. And then the answer starts to be humming a humming like like Ralph Cramden, right? I mean, it's uh, well, and, and so the question is, will he go the way of Steve Jobs version one? And what die? No, no. Jobs got fired once. That's true. Well, I, yeah, he did. You know, and, and went on, uh, got involved with other projects, and then went back to Apple. But he went back to Apple as you know, kind of uh, as pretty much a different guy. But he had, but he, he was had very visionary. But uh, um, but you know, 
not not so damned annoying the second time around. But he took the the, the, the cell phone market uh, somewhat to the next level. He he, he connected it with so much stuff, and it, it has nothing to do with phones. The, the phobia people have for their iPhones has has kind of nothing to do with phones. We he he matched together all the apps and everything else. Now, you know, he he saw. Well, that. He, I mean, he, he he took the iPod and made it into a phone. Yeah, he, you know, he he hit. You know, when people were saying, "Why do I want a camera on my phone?" He was in, he was thinking past that and saying, "Hell, this whole thing can be a computer." Um, yeah, pretty much. And uh, uh, you know, so yeah, he he was he, he was seeing things that nobody else saw. He, he truly was, um, in terms of technology, a visionary. Well, yeah, I, I believe that, and, and, and and was known as you know a real tyrant in the process, and he had his failures along the way. You know, who who remembers the Lisa? You know, um, well, I, I had a they're, they're, there was a there was a lady. We'll talk about a weirdo story. I was in a I want to give a speech somewhere for the SIBO, and I actually, Kevin, this is scary. I actually had this this lady who was kind of a stalker. She like showed up at the office. It was really weird, and uh. I was I was no celebrity, so I was like, "What are you? What are you doing? Who's talking to you?" Yeah, I'm like, are "You sure you got the right guy?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, but don't you mean to somebody else?" Anyway, but she was kind of weird, and uh, and so anyway, I, I had coffee with her a couple times. That's as far as it ever went. But she was she got laid off by somebody, and she bought one of those the ones that look like the, uh, the 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 machines in the day the Earth stood still with that stupid little thing coming out of the top, the. Uh, the, the the screen looked like it came out in a it looked like it looked like the War of the Worlds or something. I mean, it looked, looked really not the Day of the Earth, the War of the Worlds. The really stupid looking computer. This had to be twenty five years, and she paid, I'm going to say, two to three times more for that than a regular desktop was going because we were just we just bought all the computers for PTI and we were paying at the time what were we, what were we, what were we paying twelve hundred a pop something like that fifteen hundred. And she paid like oh at least I, I remember when the early ones were coming out. And just when these weren't early, early, but four thousand. Well, she she paid something like thirty five hundred for this thing. She was in tears. The thing never worked. The Apple never helped her. I mean, she'd call them, and they you know they, they, there was no service whatsoever. This is when Jobs wasn't there. I mean, she man oh man, she was she was ready. To, if, if she would have had a, a a bomb, she'd have driven it through the front door on the, of the Apple place. I mean. I mean, this was her last dough <laughs> between jobs, and anyway, because she was crazy enough to be stalking you, yeah. she might have actually oh, ab- driven absolutely. the Apple store. Fortunately, she got a job out of town, of, and I said, "Oh, she have, have a nice life." <laughs> yeah, gonna miss you. features up thirty-eight. Nasdaq features up one eighty. Be right back. Stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freaks Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. 
Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding health care reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lone Wolf Page Session Tax. I'm Tomahawk. Kellyanne on the board. SP Futures up. We're bullish today. SP Futures up 37.50. Nasdaq Futures up 180. Uh, futures up 220. Over in Europe, we've got DAX up 252. That's 1.6%. That's a big move. FTSE up 56.7%, Kakaron up 102, that's 1.5% again. Uh, this is uh, ahead of our inflation data, I don't know, everybody everybody must, we must have some leakage here in this data, because <laughs> so, all of a sudden yesterday we started to move up and we have been going down on the close and we sure didn't yesterday, so uh, very interesting, we're, what what seems to be cursing through the system that most people don't get. Uh, Nikkei up to 295, that's a full 1%, Shanghai up 27.8%. Hang Seng up 500, that's a full 2%. Uh, the SoftBank group is uh, up almost 6%. Uh, they're listed on uh, Hang Seng, so that's what's happening there. 1.92, actually down 2 basis points on the 10-year. The Bund, uh, minus uh, 4 basis points, back to 0.22. Japan, um, 0.21, unchanged. So we've got oil down 23 cents, 89.13, now under 90 bucks a couple days in a row. Rent down 16 cents, 90.62. Natural gas down 14 cents, 4.10. Our Bob is 2.63 unchanged. We've got gold up a whole 29 cents, 18.28. Silver up 5 cents to 23.25. See if it stays above 23. It makes a run at 24. It usually stalls out right about in here, the operative word they mean usually. Uh, copper up 2 cents, 4.48.
and we've got Bitcoin up a whole 25 hours, 43,993, but it's the highest level in a month, uh, bouncing pretty far from the January low, which is, I believe, slightly under 30,000. Oh, yeah, what do you got for us, traffic, weather, sports? Good morning, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.35 a.m. on February 9th. Hope everyone's doing all right. Let's start with sports. NBA, Suns beat 76ers 114-109, and the Bulls will play the Hornets tonight. In the NHL, Coyotes lose to Canucks 1-5, and Blackhawks will play Oilers tonight. In college basketball, U of I loses to Purdue 68-84, and we have nothing to report for our friends in Phoenix. In weather, in Chicago currently, it is 35 degrees. We're going to have a high of 39 and a low of 26. Bit of rain and snow in the middle of the day, so make sure to watch out for that. In Phoenix, currently 47, sunny with a high of 79 and a low of 47, so you guys are sitting pretty out there. Traffic this morning, eastbound on 94 between Armitage and Canalport. More traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and 87th. And then that picks up again at Garfield through Troop Street, as we like to say. Traffic eastbound on 290 between the Tri-State North Ramp and Central. And a bit more traffic northbound on 55 between uh, the I-20 connector and Damon. Expect that traffic to pick up later in the day because we still have all that construction at the 290 I-94 intersect. So be careful driving this morning, everyone. Back to you, Chief. The, uh, the CPI number, <clears throat> just to be accurate, is tomorrow. Um, the estimate is for 0.4%, um, which means we're still not going to put any of the increases in, in housing or anything like that in there. I'm just... Kind of curious, Kevin, how long they can keep this scam up, and I think the answer is pretty long. Just saying. The, uh, you control the data. You can you can uh, do whatever you want. So you're saying point four, huh? Well, that's what the economic calendar of MarketWatch is saying. And of course, that we've would be about four point eight. I say it's going to be higher. Uh, well, now we're also being. If you listen to the tap 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 of, of the of the financial stations, if you listen to them all day long, which I wouldn't recommend for anybody, by the way. But that's a, since that is my job. Yeah, I, uh, I usually put on music in the office. Well, that's not a bad idea. Good music? I mean, you guys got the best music, the uh, stuff you guys always play. <clears throat> you know? um, yeah, good music. Yes, absolutely good music. You know what I played yesterday is, uh, you know, I've, I've got a collection. You, kn- you know about my top fives because I send them out once in a while. And uh, I, I put together a little top five list of uh, I'd Love to Change the World, the uh, 10 Years After song, which is, yeah. is a great song. And Alvin Lee was a great guitarist. I think um, I saw those guys. And, didn't, didn't, uh, we, didn't we see know, them? So, uh, but there, there's, there's some really good versions, some good vocalists, some good women vocalists doing the song. Um, it's, it's a really good song. Did we, uh, did we see them? I think I saw I see them in Notre Dame. Were they downtown? Saw them. They were someplace I saw them. Yeah, I, I don't think I have ever seen 10 Years After Live. So it would have to have been you. Yeah, I think I was with uh, your buddy, Dr. Blade. Um, Joining us this week? Yeah, I, I, I think he he said he wanted to come on, but then he also said he was going to be a snowbird in Florida, so I don't know if he can do both together, but we'll they, see. They have telephones in Florida, I'm pretty sure. Well, Kenny Polkieri phone one, yeah. So. Yeah, he, he can borrow Kenny's phone. The... Uh, are we starting to see some shift in one of my clients, uh, despite the reality today, yesterday called up and he said, Tom, don't people understand that the market they've known for the last 10 years is broken? Um, I said, well, I don't know. A lot of people don't seem to. They, they're clinging on to that one pretty good. But I, uh, I'm just looking here, and of course, I can never really have this argument around my significant other um, because real estate and all that stuff. And uh, 
The uh, says home buyer demand for mortgages drops ten percent as higher interest rates price some people out. And uh, I just wonder, um, Kevin, if uh, because there's actually been a, a pretty reasonable spread between where the the mortgage rates going versus the ten year, but now the ten year is catching up pretty fast, so that's that spread's probably closing. But uh, the the ten year rate, I think the, the mortgage rate is uh, is creeping up faster than the ten year. I think people are are somewhat concerned about uh, uh, you know inflation thirty years from now over the next thirty year period. But it's uh, you, it, it, if all of a sudden these rates go, I'm going to say a lot higher than people think, and we're talking about like a 5 or 6 or 6.5% mortgage in a couple of years. I'm not predicting that. I'm saying if. Uh, you're going to see a major, major slice in these house prices. I mean, I, I, don't see how you, I, I don't see how you don't. Do you? Well, yeah, it's, you know, we've, we've been down this road before. Yeah, yeah. So the question is, what, you know, what, what's going to be different? Well, that's a uh, that's a by the way, one of my guys who uh, works with me over at the uh, Nigerian office NFL. Nice guy. He's, he moved to. Uh, I, mean, I, don't, I never asked him. I don't, I'm not quizzing him, but why the hell he he's a uh, guy from the, from New Jersey or New York, and he's exactly like you'd expect a guy from New York, right? Um, he's looking for a house down in Carolina, and he says to me, "Yeah, we saw one yesterday." And the lady goes, uh, "See that out in the back? Well, that's that's the Gator Pond." <laughs> I go, you're not going to buy that place, sir. He goes, hell no. Why, why would anybody want a pod with gators in it, especially because i got a dog and I have a kid one of these days? <laughs> but in Carolina, hey, it's the gator pen. That, that's like a plus. How, how, does that, how is that a plus? And he's telling me the prices down there. And he's in, is he in Charleston? I don't know where the hell he is, somewhere. He goes, the prices are absolutely to the roof, although they're, at least now when they, hire, they put a house out there, um, it doesn't have like 10 bids the first day. And, uh. But it, it's it's cooling off. He's just a little bit. It was, but everybody was moving to this town in Carolina. You know th- those those places. I mean, where does our buddy uh, Mike live in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia? I mean, what's what's the population growth there? These places are just. No, like, I don't know what the growth is. It's it's a nice little college town, though. I'll, I'll bet that they're they're smoking with growth. Growth. I mean, in a nice area, taxes probably not too bad. You got a college around, but if you want to go to games and stuff, I mean, I could I do that rather than downtown Chicago? Are you worried about? By the way, this is when I talk about shifting gears. You just, I, I just thought about the violence. Um, one of the guys you might you, you know the name, I think probably Kevin. He was a quarterback at Maris High School, then he went to Eastern Illinois. And he, he started there for a few years. Nice guy. But he does a uh, high end kind of home remodeling, um, and he he uh, hangs out at the. Uh, Official watering hole, stocks and jacks, a triple tap, and evidently he was doing uh, a play. Uh, he just he just left the house they were doing on South Prairie yesterday, and uh, some kid is walking down the sidewalk, maybe sixteen, maybe not even. Some kid walks up behind him with a gun, shoots him in the back of the head like it was an execution. I don't think they found the kid. I mean, what? The but do you think it was an execution? Um, I you know, it, sure it, looks it might have been a hit, or was it just random shooting? I well, how, how do I know? I'm just you know, you you and the listeners know what I know at this point. How does oh, so? Okay. How does uh? This is this is at two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight. Might have been out a kid walking home from school. I mean, yeah, good thing, good thing that we're uh, reimagining the police. Well, so. yeah, I uh, 
I, I would like to, maybe we'll get uh, Mark Johnson and Dr. Blade on Friday. Are, are, are these, when, you, when you're when you capable of doing that at such an early age, and you and I have our, obviously, our, our serious Catholic upbringing where, you know, nobody's a lost cause, and Kevin, are, are these kids a lost cause? How, 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 how do you rehab somebody like that? Is, is it, is it, I, and, and Tom, the answer to that is, I, I think it's, it's rare. It, you know, do you want to give up on anybody? No, nobody ever wants to give up on people. But, you know, I believe in re- redemption. I'm a sucker for uh, a story of redemption, uh, and so on. But, you know, in, in reality, if you have so little regard for life, uh, by that age, I, you know, I don't know what's going to change. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, you know. I've, or, or at any point in your life, if you have such little regard for life, um, you know, uh, you know, by then you're, you're pretty far gone. So one of the, one of these days, I mean, I mean right now, and, and this, I, I, I'm actually, you know, I don't know how we get on this topic, but Kevin and Eliani, I'd love to have your two cents on this. I, I am, Really afraid of what the backlash is going to be to all this crap we're seeing. None of these kids are are, are really guilty. We got to let them all out. It's 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 a, it's all these other other people in society. It's their fault. It's not the someplace somewhere, Kevin. Just like any other society's ever had, if you read history, there's going to be a backlash to all this crap. And somebody's going to say, you know what? If somebody's capable of doing that, and this wouldn't be me, by the way. Somebody's going to say, you know what? If somebody's capable of doing that, not only are we going to make sure he never does it again? We're not going to feed him for the rest of his life either and, and, and spend a bazillion dollars in courts on appeals. And we're going to take him in a plane and drop him in the middle of the ocean and hope a shark gets him. I mean, I, that, that, is, that, is, that is not me. I hope we never get there. But, but I know that this is the backlash that happens. When, 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 right. when, when, when the pendulum swings too far one way, the, uh, the pendulum swings back too far the other way. I mean, the, 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 we've we've seen that over the course of our lifetimes in a lot of areas, you know, and, and uh, um, you know, it just, it, I, you know, actually had a conversation we've just with done a, so many unwise things. Go ahead, Eliani. Yeah, I had a conversation with my boss about this the other day, where um, you know, because I, I, I mean, I came from a third world country, and I know that there's a lot of countries. I think it's uh, Saudi Arabia and China have pretty massive punishment for people who commit crimes like rape and murder. Um, and uh, he was just, you know, we were talking about this, and I'm like, I feel like in the United States, especially, that when it comes to crimes of, like, you know, just random, like like you said, broad daylight murder and things like that, I feel like there's really no, I feel like justice isn't quite served. I'm not, And the problem for me is that I don't, I don't really know what can be done besides, you know, instead of giving them a really cushy prison to live in because, you know, these taxpayer dollars are going to these things, feeding these people and giving them a nice bed and, you know, you know, psychological treatment and access to health care that a lot of people that don't commit these crimes don't really have access to. And so, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, you know, actually making sure that people don't get away with these things, but then, you know, what a defense attorney is going to do? <laughs> They're going to well. be out of work. But it's well, yeah, it's in, 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 you know, as the the issue Tom raises too is um, is just what you just raised, and that is, um, the, uh, you know, part of the punishment is quote punishment is um, people are getting services that a whole lot of average people don't get. Right. And so, how do you reconcile that? And how do you you know how do you continue to sell that to society? 
in general. And I, I think that's a, you know, that becomes a part of the backlash, too. And I mean, also, like, um, and this is something that I was, you know, when I went to college, I studied um, anthropology for a semester, and it's interesting that, you know, as time goes on, you realize that a lot of people that just aren't capable of growing, like getting out of, you know, and it doesn't have to be murder, but, you know, say, like, you know, people that commit petty theft and people that rob people on the streets and things like that. A lot of these people are doing it because they have nowhere to go. Uh, so because they're homeless, they'll commit just like random petty crimes so that they can end up in jail. So that they way, that way they have somewhere to stay. They'll have food. They'll have health care. They have access to therapists, even like psychologists. Well, there's, there's a, I think well, you, you also have the, the group that um, is, you know, and this this is part of the, uh, you know, the, the bail reform movement that we've had, yeah. that if you are, you know, if, if you are out on a, um, out on bail on a second degree murder charge, and you are virtually guaranteed uh, to be convicted when your time comes up, mm-hmm. what do you have to lose at that point? I so, mean, it, you know, if you're inclined to be a criminal... And if you're inclined to yeah. shoot people, then, you know, what do you have to lose? What are you going to do? You're going to lock me up for life sooner or later anyway next time you get your hands on me. Um, so, you know, what's, what are you going to do, lock me up twice for life? It's well, so, yeah. such a terrible way to go out. But just organizationally, even if you even if you don't ever solve the, uh, discuss the big issues, there, there's, there's a bunch of levels here. I mean, there's there's people that are, are homeless that, that if, if we still had the mental place, mental place, the, the, uh, instit- the, uh, mental institution, the mental hospital in Tinley, that's where they would be. And getting the proper treatment, uh, so they, they don't have to be out stealing something. And by the way, maybe we can, uh, make steady progress with a certain percentage of them. And, and them, I'm, you know, I'm not talking about they're like, they're not people, they are people. I mean, they, you might actually have rehab on your mind, and I don't, I don't know what the percentages are, but, there's there's going to be some progress there, I think. So that that's kind of one group. Then your next group is people that just learned at an early age. It's it's easier to sell drugs than it is to get a job. Then you got to deal with that. I mean, it's, it's I had kids tell me that back in the eighties. Yeah, you know, uh, speaking to uh, groups of kids, you know, why, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, and then but then there's I, I always had an answer for it, but but now we have this this new line of people that are. Don't, don't care if they, they shoot her first and don't care how many people die. If somebody innocent gets in the way, it's their problem. Yeah, but these are all things that we're talking about after, you know, people have already developed, you know, horrendous tendencies. I think, well, a, lo- I think a lot of it comes down to preventing it in the first place. I think that the education system here in the United States is really undervalued. And I, th- I think it really starts there. Cause when, when I was teaching, I taught for a year. I taught in, uh, in, in, uh, in Avondale at a charter school. And a lot of these kids, they have nowhere to go. So when you take away proper education and giving them outlets to actually spend time with people that actually enjoy their company and make them feel safe, then 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 that's when you start having problems. Is that you have these kids that are growing up completely dissocialized? Oh, and, absolutely. You know, and it it all it all starts with proper education. Well, it starts with it starts with a family. Yeah, it starts with the it, family and education. But I mean, like for me, like I I mean, I had a single working mom, and my dad wasn't around. So for me, school is what saved me because I had a great choir program. I had a great music program. I was in theater. I did sports. And so even though I didn't have a healthy home life, I had people to turn to. And that's what kids need. That's what prevented probably a whole lifetime of really horrible mistakes. Not that I didn't make any. Of course I did. But, you know, the the kind of person I could have turned out to be if I didn't have those people in my life, I don't even know what would happen. Well, it's at some point. And, and, and sometimes that is a teacher. 
um, you know, I, I mean, I, I can tell you I, because this is, you know, I was asked what I really like about teaching, and well, yeah. you know, the best thing about it is sometimes you get people to just see themselves differently. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and when you do that, you know, people who who didn't see themselves as being successful, people who didn't see themselves as being leaders, and so on, that you can you can break through, and in in many cases, there, mm-hmm. you know, there all of a sudden you see this transformation in yeah. people. That is awesome to see, mm-hmm. um, and they just needed to know that they could do it and be encouraged a little bit. Well, so you know that becomes part of it, but you know you, you, you still have to have people who are receptive to it. Sure, um, and that goes back to Tom's original question: At what point are you too far gone? Well, and also the 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 people. This is not black or white or whatever. Mm-hmm. This has to do with uh, you, you you reach you reach a stage. You know, Yana, you, you don't know this, but one of Kevin. And my buddy's, well, Kevin's age, so he's probably no more than me. His wife got shot in a Dan Ryan, come back from a Sox game. And killed. Oh, my God. And, uh, and, and I think, Kevin, what happens here is, and, and this is where I think the, the the woke movement and an awful lot of people need to, you you got you to listen to what you say, and you, get, you have to be aware of those around you. The At some point, you're going to say with, you know, murders per weekend and people getting shot in the expressway and people shot in your neighborhood, down the block, you know, somebody goes out for for a run at four in the morning and then doesn't come back. I mean, there, there's going to be people who say, "I don't give a bleep about all the uh, about all the, the hardships, the fact that there wasn't enough school programs, the fact there wasn't a school lunch program." This has got to stop, and the people doing it are going to get stopped, and, and I'm going to do it. And and, and and you look at, I mean, I can see people spend a lot of time, fortunately or unfortunately, in the suburbs, and and you know what? People look at the Chicago Teachers Union, and again, this is, I'm just saying, you got to be aware of what's out there. And they see a group of of, of sniveling people that found a way for two years to a lot of them, not a lot of dedicated ones. Everybody knows that to find a way to not work. Mm-hmm. And the simple fact is, seventeen thousand a kid went someplace and they lost a whole year. Right. And now all they do is whine about more money. And people sit there and go, I'm tired of paying. It's not working. And and by the way, if somebody kills somebody, I want them out of here. I don't care what happens. You reach that point. That that's when when Berlin was a was a bleep hole. That's when they when people voted for Hitler because he cleaned the place up. He was considered the best. If he would have he would have somebody would have bumped him off in 1939, he would have gone down as one of the best leaders of the 20th century, if yeah, not he the gone best. As a martyr. Yeah, he, if not the best, because he cleaned the place up. And if, and, if, and if somebody got tortured along the way that you didn't even know, nobody cared. I mean, you should care. I get that, and everybody knows I'm not. I'm not a right winger, and everybody knows I'm not a fascist. But you got to be uh, careful. But the emails are going to come in, Tom. You're uh, advocating. Uh, I'm not advocating. Torture. I'm saying don't don't think for a second that if that, that that's not where we're headed. If you take the if you take the pendulum way too far the other way, do you, do you think the parents of that kid who got shot yesterday? Care care about about the the kid getting bailed that shot the kid if they ever find him. Well, I mean, I think also to you have to realize you're comparing that at the time Hitler was making accusations about why financially the country wasn't doing well and then blaming somebody and then killing everybody. Well, saying, this is this is different. We're talking about people dying at this point. Here's a, here's, people are frustrated because you know, we're, we're also talking, a, you know, to a, a large extent about product of environment, but we don't we we don't do anything about environmental issues. Oh no. So I I, mean, I remember doing this in in. Um, uh, a management class a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, trying to manage, um, you know, your, your employees that are, uh, you know, come from all kinds of different backgrounds. And, and,
and I just used a bunch of pictures of different places to live. Mm. You know, bungalow neighborhood, a uh, you know a, a north suburban neighborhood in Chicago, an inner city neighborhood. Um, you know, a, a, um, a Mexican neighborhood versus uh, an African American neighborhood in the inner city, and, and the, the difference is there. And, and I do remember going through this at one point and having a student. You know, when when I showed, you know, basically a, a you know the, a, a total get, uh, a, a ghetto picture where the police had uh, the corner roped off. You know, the the uh, um, yellow, uh, yellow uh, crime scene tape, yeah. and a bunch of people in the neighborhood standing around and having a student blurt out, "Oh, that's my neighborhood." That's why. That's why they're the ones that are leaving. But my, real quick, and I will wrap this up. My buddy, this this is what's chilling. You know, is my yeah. buddy John Lee, business wise, he ended up he got transferred to Singapore years ago. Okay. And uh, and of course he hated the idea that they had to, they had to watch all his movies before they let him in the country. I mean, it's a you know it's a total it's a Chinese kind of regime. Yeah. And uh, although I think they do probably a better job than the Chinese, they're not into you. And he says to me, you know. I never thought I'd say this because he's a he's a libertarian sort of dude, and he goes, "I'm going to tell you, Tom, Mike, I am so much freer here with my kids than I ever was in Chicago." I go, "What are you talking about?" He says, "Tristan's ten. He goes after school, goes over to one of his buddies' houses. They have dinner. He's on the other side of town. He takes a, t- a cab home. Or he hops on the bus. I never even worry." He goes, "I haven't locked my car in ten years. I haven't locked my house in ten years." Yeah. Nobody nobody would dare do anything wrong over here. But the rest of you, the rest of the people can walk around. And they don't have to worry about you know dropping something on the sidewalk. Somebody helps you pick it up. They don't steal it from you. Oh yeah, you because know. I mean that's a society that's conditioned to perform. You know, well, but they're also and no. Also, they have, they're afraid. They're also afraid oh, of absolutely. getting of getting in trouble because there's a, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. There's no fear. There's no fear. You know, no. There's no like sense of like oh if I do this I'm screwed. Like there's none of that. No. And no. that's why people just do it so freely. People just murder each other and rape the crap well, out of each other just because the people, there's no, there's really no, not much punishment. Well, the people that are over 18 have figured out that they're somewhat screwed. So the, the people doing all the murderings are certainly, now you see these, these gangs, Kevin, I don't know if you noticed the, 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 the little trick show here is whenever you see a group of like 18 year old losers walking down the street, there's always going to be a 15 year old with them that's carrying the guns. Hmm. Right, because he'll be charged as a juvenile well, the, and it won't be as Well, the, the, the cop who shot the kid who was, uh, uh, what, he was 13 or 14 in, um, in Pilsen, was it like a year ago, and he got in all the trouble? Well, and, you know, the, the two cops pursued the... Remember the story? This was in a little little village, I think. They, uh, they There was reports of gun sh- guns fired, so the two cops go up the alley with their guns drawn, which is, you know, why you don't... I don't know, I'm not getting into police tactics, but... Why you don't have four squads show up so you have some help in all different directions, I don't know. But they, 
We're going down the alley with the gun, and sure enough, there's the older kid and the younger kid. The younger kid panics. He's holding the gun. He goes to throw away the gun. The cop thinks he's pulling it. He shoots, the, was it the 13-year-old or something? Yeah, he was. I think he, I think he was in middle school. Either yeah, middle school or yeah. like a freshman. Yeah, he was, was, he was 14, 13. Well, he was doing the drop, like, for the other guy, and then... You know, he didn't, he didn't know how to be arrested, and somehow or another the cop got confused. I'm sure he didn't mean to, I'm not sure, but I, I hope I'm sure that, uh, the last thing the guy started his day to do was to kill some 14 year old. Um, but anyway, there's, all, you know, a lot of hue and cry about it, and understandably so, but, but that, that's the drill, is the, is the 18, 19 year old doesn't want to be caught with the gun because if the kid's tried as a juvenile, what happens? Nothing. Just carrying a gun for somebody else. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, but the people who rant and rave about the policeman, at least, I'm not saying the policeman didn't act too quickly or his tactics weren't, I mean, I, I don't know anything about that, but what I'm saying, you at least need to understand the dynamic of why that kid was there at two in the morning, what his job was vis-a-vis the other guy, and how that kid panicked with the gun, and maybe the cop thought he was pulling it on him. It's, but I, you know, I'm not a camera at the scene, yeah, but it's your scene. We, we create these situations. Yeah. We allow them to fester. Hey, right. a quick hit. This will tee it up. We'll tee this up a little bit more on Friday. But uh, um, you know, everybody, they, we, we've got all the um, the blue states now are starting to lift their mask mandates because the science has changed and and so on. Yeah, here's how the science has changed in California. Uh, they reimplemented their mask mandate on July 28th. Seven-day average of cases was 7,864, and deaths was 26. Wow. The current seven-day average of cases is 35,365, and deaths is 180. So, indeed, the science has changed, and it's the political science that has changed. Uh, yeah, there's an election coming up. <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> Take care about SP Feeders up 3850, NASA Feeders up 186. Be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. (laughs) Yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. on the board. S&P future of 40 now. As they feature the 49, we're, we're putting a whip to it here pretty good. Uh, quote of the day, uh, Chipotle CEO says, Chain is fortunate it can raise prices. Um, I, I think our buddy uh, Russell's always feels he's fortunate when he gets a big raise. Uh, <laughs> I haven't felt fortunate in a long time. No, and by the way, I felt for, you know what? I felt fortunate when I got hired by IU. How's that? I, I'm going to say that you you have been uh, so much happier, uh, seemingly, since you since you are there. You're like a new guy. Uh, that's not the new guy thing. The new guy thing is finishing my PhD. Well, I even had another prof- had another professor ask me the week afterwards, like in the hallway. He goes, "Do you feel like a different person now?" And I hadn't really thought it through, but I'm like, yeah, I, I, I do, because for, you know, years I had this big thing hanging over my head. No, I don't anymore. But I also, well, I just, uh, I started teaching undergrads at IU. Uh, they're a hoot. They're just absolutely hilarious. Are we, so, are you strictly um, grad school Loyola? Huh? Were you strictly grad school at Loyola? No, I taught undergrads at Loyola as well. I just didn't start teaching undergrads at Indiana until... This semester, they didn't give me uh, undergrads in the first semester. Okay, well you're uh, there. So, uh, well you were. I love undergrad. I love undergrads. They're enthusiastic. They're not jaded by the world. Uh, they're going to make millions in the market. It's great. <laughs> you see, now you're you're at a, you're at a different age because uh, we were we were very jaded by the world. Um, if you grew up in yeah, the, if you I, grew up in the I, Vietnam era, that. boy, you were. By the time you were eighteen, you were seriously jaded. Body counts and listen to people like oh, yeah. Mirror and stuff. You were you were pretty jaded. Uh, uh, two things. One is your your team lost to Northwestern. I saw that. My and you know my oldest was her number one pick of schools to go to is Northwestern. So she gave me all kinds of crap about that. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? But yeah, she was ragging on me about that last night. And speaking of the longevity of your PhD search, did you outlast Belushi? Uh, no, I did not. Well, yeah, I got, you know, it, it, now that I think about it, I got my PhD done quicker than I got my undergrad done. Oh, I'm not so sure you might want. Well, I, I was a Belushi undergrad. Trust me. You know what we're even talking about, Eliani? What John Belushi? Yeah, in a, the Animal House, and the guy they booted him out, and he goes seven years of college down the drain. Yeah, I know oh, exactly right. what you're talking about. Okay, well, not everybody your age knows knows that uh, line at all. There's, never, there's a lot of people who have never. Watch Caddyshack or Animal House. For those well, that's things. the power of uh, of the internet is I can watch anything from pretty much any era at this point. So it's well, pretty great. That, that is the truth. Um, so what do you make of uh, what's going on? Your big rally today. We had Chipotle uh, was up uh, the, the you know what the straddle was. Uh, CMG is Chipotle Mexican Grill. It's up ninety five hours to fifteen fifty six. You know what the straddle was last night? What was the straddle last night? One hundred and fifty bucks. Wow, yeah. uh, you know we've had, this um this earnings season. I, you know we're we're definitely coming to an end on it, but I think there's seven of the big ten stocks in the Nasdaq 
uh, report like during a two-week period. There's uh, three of them that, that aren't on a normal cycle. And six of the seven stocks had an outlier move, like the biggest up move or the biggest down move they've had in um, the last two years. Uh, Google and, shoot, what was the other one that was positive? Um, uh, Amazon. Was Apple positive? A- Amazon. I think Apple was positive. Yeah, Amazon was and, positive. Uh, it was, okay, it was Amazon and Google. And then, like, the only one that didn't really dump was Microsoft. Uh, that was the only one that kind of fell within its historical range, but uh, it was kind of 50-50 going one direction or the other direction. Uh, and the funny thing is, the only straddle that really wasn't pricing in a big move ahead of time was Microsoft. The rest of them were overpriced relative to history. Um, so, option market kind of got it right. I mean, they still underpriced the move, but they were overpriced relative to history. Yeah, you'd be missing the, the big fat one, though. You, you, no, uh, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Facebook's options were like already pricing in like a ten percent move, which was it was a straddle much was, greater than their average move. Yeah, but it, the straddle was twenty four and it moved seventy five. I know, but it's still. I'm I'm just talking about in before earnings. Yeah, I looked at what the two year average move was, and then I compared what the straddle was pricing in. The straddle was pricing in a lot more. Um. For Facebook, the average move was uh, about 5.5%, and the options were pricing in a 7.5% move. So they're already overpriced it. I'm not saying they priced it perfectly. I'm just saying they overpriced it. Same thing with uh, same thing with Tesla and PayPal. That's the other one I was trying to think of. Spoken like a true professor, they overpriced it based on the history, but they seriously underpriced it based on the move. Well, but if you had, you know, if you're like, why is everybody bidding these things up a bunch? You might have been like, well, hey, yeah. we may be expecting something bigger. Um, so what does that, uh, Professor, what does that tell you? Is, is the fabric of the market, um, two, two things the market is supposed to do. Okay, maybe I'll go back mm-hmm. on history here. The the market you you see every day and we report on and I trade for my clients and so forth, and Russell trades for himself and other people, uh, or consults. Um, the, the market is there for, for two reasons. One is as a pricing mechanism, okay? Because when somebody, if somebody were to go out and say, "We're gonna, we're going to uh, the Eliani Russell hot dog chain is going to go out for, to be stacking for people to become investors and they're looking for money, they raise cash." Okay, now the people who buy the stack in the Eliani Russell Group, they they're going to want two things. One is if they want to get rid of it six months a year, two days from now, they want to market to where people still have, there's still demand for it, and if they can sell it if they have to, need to, or if they want to buy more. And the mar- that market, by being a uh, an auction market, essentially is going to price the company properly. So if it grows and all of a sudden they're making five bucks a share, and ten years from now they're making. 30 bucks a share, you can be rest assured that the market price of the stock that you own probably has gone up, I'm going to say probably has gone up, and that it, the, the price that you get it at this liquid secondary market is a fair price given the day that you sold it or bought it. Those are the reasons why we have what we have. Right, Russell? Yeah, that and information, a few other things, but yep. That's well, and that's, a, one you know, of the main, that's, that's, that's one of the main bullet points in the PowerPoint talking about financial markets. Yeah, and uh, so I guess as a professor grading it, how well is it doing if all of a sudden Facebook is actually worth 
seventy percent of what it was and, and fallen fast. I mean, was the was the, were the people who priced it two weeks ago idiots? Uh, did the company not give out enough information where people could price it properly? Were people just non-believers? I mean, how does something like that happen? Uh, something like that happens because everybody doesn't have all the information, and, and especially since the internet bubble, where they really clamp down on the flow of information from company to an- companies to analysts, where they really have to be pretty close 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 up about what's going on, unless they're releasing information to everybody all at once. So as all the new information gets out there, uh, the market adjusts, and the market doesn't adjust um, doesn't adjust immediately. It kind of it, it the old random walk where it gets to a fair value or close to fair value, but the walk that it takes there is not necessarily a straight line. What do you make so of a? That's that's the idea. And and one last thing, I, I you you like to stump people with because we're old guys and, and you know you're trying to stump on the Animal House thing. Do you know what the random walk was originally called? I, I should, love this one. I should know this. Uh, no, but actually, you know, it, it was it was it, it was called. Uh, this was great. It was called the Drunken Sailor. Really. If you have a drunken sailor on the back of the boat and you tell him he needs to go up to the front of the boat, um, the path that that drunken sailor will take from the back to the front will never be the same same two times in a row, but he'll get there. He'll get there, huh? Yeah, but I think, I guess random walk sounds better for the CFA curriculum than drunken sailor. Well, you know, the original work of that was all done at the University of Chicago. Because they, they, put, they put, uh, what was the name of the... the the, the, the thing they call it was a center of uh, uh, security studies or something like that, and, and what they did, and this is the the, random, the original work on the random walk is not, is not really what most people think it is. Am I, am I right, Russell? What, yeah. What they did was they said they went back and they tried to uh, figure out if there's any what's the term mathematical term stringing to whether if there's an uptick in the market. Uh, is there a greater or lesser chance than the next tick in the market? Everybody knows they're an uptick. Mm-hmm. So if IBM's trading 100, you know, 108th would be an uptick, depending on what, what the 100 is. If 108th would definitely be an uptick and a 99 and 7 eighths would be a downtick. Okay, depending on the, yeah. uh, but they, so they did all this, they went back to, God, was it 1890 or something? And they came up and they said, by the way, you do know what the conclusion was, don't you have all this? Contact? No, there actually was a slight. Mo- there, there is something the momentum. There's, there's, a, there's a slight chance, greater chance of uh, of an uptick being followed by another uptick, but it it could not have been captured, given the commission charges of the day. Mm-hmm. In other words, you couldn't make you couldn't make any money at it, and uh, and that transferred into this idea that you couldn't really couldn't really game the market because the assumptions always were. That there was a, a continual flow of information that everybody knew everything about everything, which we know as we age is absolutely untrue. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Somebody always knows more. But but let's put it this way: some there's 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 the somebody who always knows more because they they research stuff, and there's somebody who always knows more because they're cheating. And the people who who always know more because they research stuff, those people are actually very beneficial to the market. Correct. 
So if a stock yeah, is underpriced, yeah. they're going to yeah. go buy it. If it's overpriced, they're going to sell it. But the, uh, you, you'd rather have 95 of those guys and, and one or two crooks than, than one or two guys actually doing research and 95 crooks. Right? And I, yeah. and, uh, and some of us think that the amount of, the amount of crooks, especially since a lot of the, the information now is coming from government, that the, that the, that the amount of crooks in terms of their, their relative, uh, what they can actually buy and sell is greater than it's ever been. And I, I think I think the, the thieving is worse than I've ever seen it because it's it's coming out of government. It's not coming from the companies. You know, you know it's really funny that you mentioned government. Is uh, I'm, I'm getting to teach, like I mentioned, I'm getting to teach undergrad, and uh, I each homework I try to force them to do a little bit of research. And uh, like I, I last homework, we were talking about mutual funds and ETFs, and I said go to ETF.com and. Give me an ETF you like and tell me why you like it. And the previous homework was give me an example of illegal insider trading. And I got 120 students. I think I got 20 Nancy Pelosi's. Oh, that would not surprise me. Yeah, and I, I had to explain that it's not illegal. I said that's not doesn't mean it's not right, but or you know I'm not saying that it's not wrong, but it's not illegal, guys. But that's um, been highlighted so much that, that I think you know what I think you know, Nancy has to dance. Over ten percent of my undergrads you know, think she's breaking the law. I'm going to say that uh, I've, I've never read the the whatever they think their their rights are as congressmen. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what? I'll, I'll bet it's it's fairly narrow, Russell. I mean, I think if if uh, well, who's who's the um, the Miss Miss Rich one? Uh, she 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 lost, but she came out of the COVID meeting and sold her stacks. She's married to the guy who owns the ice, or runs the ice. Tells her. Oh, the woman from uh, Georgia. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but yeah, the Republican from Georgia. Yeah, I mean, um, but it's it's. I mean, at some point, if that would have been specific company information, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. I mean, of course, the SEC would never have the stones to go after them when they can no. go after somebody like you or me. Uh, but I'll, I'm not so sure she's clear, clean on that. If it was a, I mean, if you knew Russell Inc. was getting this new uh, contract for uh, for a bomber or something, and she went out and bought stock that minute she walked out of the meeting, I I don't know that she gets away with that. Mm-hmm. General general stuff, um, I think they're pretty clean on. But you know, I, we're you know we need an attorney here. I'm just I'm just saying I don't know if they have the absolute all clear. Do they or, or do they? Maybe they do. I don't. I you know I've never read the rule. I've heard a lot of different you know people talk about whatever the rules are for them. But my understanding is that uh, because they are privy to so much, that, that this is the spirit behind the rule. I'm not saying I agree with it. Like I don't agree with it. But uh, that they're privy to so much information that would be considered non-public uh, that it would be very difficult for them to. Uh, own any stocks without at some point crossing the line without intent just crossing the line so in order for them to function as congress people and as nancy pelosi puts it uh, have access to the free market uh, they're exempt from the from those rules uh, but on the other side of that if the regulators want to charge you with something if they want to go after you and get you they can figure out a way to get you. Just nobody's going to have the stones to go after somebody in Congress. 
And if, and if you, you know, the, if they the, don't want the, you, the, 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 um, the Martin Schrenkel guy, uh, you know, he was doing a lot of stuff with drug side, with drug prices that really upset a lot of people. They ended up getting him on, on some things he did with his hedge fund. Oh yeah, you know, well. and and Milken going way back. Uh, you know, they they were very unhappy with what he had created with respect to the junk bond market. Uh, what they ended up getting him on was, my understanding is, some technicalities where he didn't file a few things on time, and they'd, they'd had these really stiff penalties to him, and but didn't really get him on the thing they wanted to get him on. So they could easily come up with a, a way to to get those guys as well. If I they wanted uh, to. I, personally, I just think they should go into a bank, blank, into a blind trust or something. Well, that's like what that they and focus on being on governing. Russell, I'm going to say when yeah. I first started trading down here, which was a long time ago, one of my buddies who's still a buddy, I could ask him. Matter of fact, I should probably bring him on and ask him. Uh, I, one day we went to lunch. I said, I want to know what how, what how is it that that the congressman and all these people trade? He goes, they can't trade. Everything has to be in a in a blind trust. Uh, and the guy I think that blew a lot of that up, and I could be wrong here, the guy who blew a lot of that up was, uh, you know, the, the re- I know you're a Republican, but I think the, re- the Republicans for a period of time, and I'm not saying some Democrats didn't do this too, there, there were all these, quote, you tell me, you're the professor, maybe all the, there are all these, quote, rules that you find out really aren't rules. I mean, uh, my, uh, cause this, this guy, uh, his name's Doc, not Dr. J. He said, you know, like Marty Russo is one of his buddies from the South Side, and he goes, Marty doesn't have any money. I'm, I'm sure he probably does now. I mean, I hope he does. He goes, Marty was, he came out of, he was one of the guys from, uh, you guys are too young to remember. When I was in high school, they had something called, uh, con- well, they had a constitutional convention here in Illinois. And, mm-hmm. and uh, how the hell this all came out, Russell? I can't imagine it happening today, but, Anybody who ran for the Constitutional Convention um, could not could not have held public office, something like that, or couldn't be in public office, or hadn't been for five, some, some, somewhere along the line. So what you ended up getting were all these young guys and a few ladies, mostly guys in those days, uh, that were running in their late 20s, maybe 30-ish. They were running for office in their area to go write the new Constitution. And it became the entire new political class. Richie Daly, I think maybe Madigan, I'm not positive. Burke, I, you know, I'm, that, that in hope, Marty Russo, you give the entire, all those people became the next generation of representatives, st- state senators, because once you'd won one election, you know, your name was out, you're used to having your picture on a poster in somebody's yard, and those people became, the, they, those. they're all like uh, 10 years older than me, say. So mm-hmm. most of most of them have already faded, but the uh, so they they got in there and and but anyway this guy said but I think Cheney when he got in office and he was still trading his uh, what the hell was he in Kellogg Brown and Root was that one of his his I think uh, he, he was, was Halliburton wasn't he well yeah Halliburton that's right Halliburton ended up with Kellogg Brown and Root in the place right that's when they had all the asbestos problems was it Root the Root yeah. that anyway but but Cheney basically said well, I don't see no no law. It might have been a, a House and Senate agreement that everybody put their stuff in trust, but I don't. I think when one day, one guy said, "Screw you, I'm trading it," and they didn't throw him out, all of a sudden it just changed. I mean, look, I mean, look mm-hmm. what Trump. I mean, to to his discredit as a human being, uh, Trump did that 
constantly. And everybody said, oh, yeah. no, that, that, that's the rule. Show me the rule. There was no rule. Right? I mean, there, there, yeah, I, I always thought there was a rule that the president put things into blind trust, but I think it's just something that they did. Yeah. Um, and the reason I, it, it, I, I had a professional relationship with the people that did that for the Clintons. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's where I got that from. So I always assumed that, the, that's why earlier I said, I've never read the rules, but this is my understanding of what the rule is supposed to be. But I don't even know if you would think somebody would have dug that out somewhere at this point because it's been, you know, it's been such a high-profile thing. I'm going to say it's uh, it's more expected behavior than it is hard and yeah. fast rule, and it sure as hell isn't a law. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I have a question for you, and as, as we are, we started this off talking about stock pricing. As uh, mm-hmm. your, your buddy at uh, Chipotle Grill said, "Good things for us, we get to we get to raise prices." Uh, all right, now I've got these guys up ninety nine sixty five. Uh, so if you were a straddle seller, you were a you're a, you're a nervous winner, shall we say? Uh, well, I'm not so sure I would have recommended that. Although I did have a client call me. <laughs> so what should we do it here? I said, well, the straddle's one hundred fifty bucks. What do you want to do? He goes, maybe we should watch. <laughs> anyway, good move on his part. Good guy. Uh, but now they're up. They're here. Here they are. They're trading fifteen sixty. They made. I'll give them a break and say five sixty a share. So let's say twenty two, twenty five bucks per year. All right, that's seventy one times earnings. I don't think they have a dividend. I don't think they ever plan on having a dividend. I don't. I don't know. I mean, what, when when does somebody wake up and say seventy one times earnings for burritos? What are we doing here? I mean, is there? Uh, I mean, you're, you're just going to get fewer burritos. Well, no, what I'm saying in terms of yeah. valuations, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of valuation, uh, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm not telling anybody to sell, uh, Chipotle. Matter of fact, who knows? It could be a buyer. It could be going up further. But mm-hmm. at some point, we're not talking about, I mean, I, how can I put this? I mean, 20 years from now, I mean, Lockheed and Boeing and stuff have things that have, of value. I mean, well, what, what is the value for a burrito chain? I mean, uh, it's not like two years from now somebody can't have a better burrito chain. So I mean, right. I mean, how? It's not some solid asset. It's more, it's more like a goodwill because everybody loves Chipotle. Well, okay. So my question to you is, Professor, uh, one of these guys? I'll use a, a ten times earnings is sort of everybody's goal. One of these guys going to make one hundred and fifty dollars a share and send you a check for forty. Uh, a decade or so down the road, when they start to become a mature company, you you think that's usually, that, and that's usually the thinking. I'm, I'm right. partially sarcastic there, but I mean, um, uh, so I mean, valuation eventually does matter. Facebook owners, uh, um, yeah, eventually, it, eventually, it does come into play. And, and what you believe is, if if you're buying into something like that, is you believe that they're gonna. Uh, Become a mature, consistent, slower-growing company that just uh, hopefully will uh, kick off a bunch of cash to you. Well, they're going to be so big. I mean, that's what that's what you're kind of shooting for. Is you're looking at uh, these guys are growing, 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 and they're going to be a behemoth one day. And when they're the behemoth, uh, I'm going to you know, have been able to get in early on that. Or you think uh, their location? You know, yeah. The other part of it is you usually are looking at a company that you think 
is going to be so dominant that they're going to be able to control uh, you know, the prices that they pay their suppliers and then also have more control over what they uh, charge their customers. And sounds like Chipotle doesn't have enough uh, control over their suppliers that they're happy that they're able to pass on those costs to their customers. Well, the stuff is, uh, these people, uh, got a couple minutes before break, these, these, these people, I happen to know, uh, a, a lady who's in like the, the, the costs that these people have, Russell, I bet you, um, I never worked in a restaurant, but the list lady, her, her firm yeah. does, I think the, the, the stuff that bites these guys in the behind are all the cups, the wrappers, the, the little things, the ketchup and the sauce. I mean, I think they're, they're buffeted. Buy stuff like that. Plus, they all got to be taking a hit with these 20, 30, 40, 50 percent increases in utility bills this January. I mean, they have, I mean, I don't know how you get away from that. I mean, they're hitting everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but, but I mean, I, what you, I think what you're hoping for is you get enough of a footprint, enough of a following, enough clean restrooms like McDonald's on a nationwide basis that someday if people don't like burritos, they'll be hamburgers, they'll be, you know, Philly steaks. Whatever it is, they have they have the the structure, the places, the locations, the parking, the bathrooms, everything that they can. No matter what it is, they'll roll with it. And uh, you know, and maybe they they could they could be getting close to that. I mean, maybe maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I I don't know. That you know, I don't know if they're that. I've always thought that's a really unique one. As far yeah, I just think. Chipotle is, you know, they've got the, the really nice big brand following. Uh, people are willing to, it, you already think that you're paying an, oh, a premium price. When you go into Chipotle, you're not getting out of there when you're buying yourself lunch for less than 10 bucks. Which oh, without a doubt. I think that's yeah, light. Which, you know, they're, they're kind of like, I, I even think of fast food as like different levels. And I, can, I put them up there with like, um, Panera Bread and those folks that, that the food is a little bit better uh, I think when Chipotle gets in trouble is when people get very very price sensitive on how much they spend from day to day and you know the, the kids say I want I want Chipotle and you say you know what let's go to McDonald's instead and, and you know, there are people that make those sorts of decisions on a day to day basis well, I did the so, McDonald's and the Burger I, I King. Think that, I think that's what the, he said. Thank God we can raise prices. I think he may end up regretting saying that. Well, they're gonna the uh, yeah, no way. I, I could totally see uh, volumes dropping off a little bit for them, and uh, you know, in uh, you know, two quarters from now, them saying something like, uh, apparently, you know, we're seeing slowing sales because of inflation. And without directly saying, I was wrong when I said we could pass <laughs> price increases. Well, I made the mistake at uh, McDonald's or Burke, and we had a break here. I got, it was early in the morning, I wouldn't got a haircut way out in the West Summer. I, I pulled in, I got the, I don't know, was it the two something for, for two bucks at there, for, for five bucks at the Burger King, and, uh, mm-hmm. something like, give me a large coffee, and the lady's like, that'll be like eight fifty. What? Eight fifty? Like, the, but you know, well, the tax is ten percent, and the, the coffee was like two sixty or something. Now, the, the coffee now at McDonald's is like in the mid twos. It used to be a dollar, like not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, SP yeah, futures up forty one. Used to be a dollar. Nasdaq futures up one ninety five. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks.
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamal. She's Eliani on the board, SP Futures. Up 42 and a quarter. We've been strong all morning and we're staying strong. NASDAQ futures up 190, well, we're staying strong so far. Uh, up 195. We've had a markets the last few days. We've kind of slunk down on the close, but not last night. We finished pretty much on the top higher the day and we're strong again this morning. Uh, Dow futures up 243. I think I'm smelling why this is happening, but, but who knows? We'll have to, I'll have to run it by my professor. DAX up 262, 1.7%. FTSE up 56.74. Kek around up 106. It's a big move in the Kek around up 1.5. Um, the uh, inflation data is tomorrow again. Over in Asia, we got a Nikkei up 295. That's 1%. Shanghai up 27.8%. Hang Seng up 500. That's 2%. As the soft grant bank group is a huge winner. They're almost 6%. Um, and who knows where that's all going. But as of now, it's a winner. A 10-year down just a little bit to 1.93. 
Uh, Bun, uh, 0.22. Japan, uh, unchanged at uh, 0.21. And over in the UK, the 10-year is 1.44. Oil, down just a little bit, 88.80. It was over 90 uh, briefly, I think, on Monday. But still really pretty high here. Brent down 35 cents, 90.43. Natural gas down 16 cents, 407. So Italian with ducking under 4 bucks. A little warmer out, but... Uh, not, I mean, let's put it this way. You wouldn't guess the natural gas was here if you looked at your gas bill. Uh, there's a shot. Our Bob uh, unchanged at 262. We've got gold up 420. <clears throat> 1832, which is, uh, the gold is caught in this range, but it's moving toward the upper end, which has been about 1850. It hasn't been able to break through. Same thing with silver. It gets in this mid-23 range. And it's, 20, it's 2326, and then... It's like a whack-a-mole. It could smack back down. We'll see if that happens again this time. A copper up six cents, four fifty-two. And last but not least, our favorite Bitcoin up two twenty-one, forty-four thousand one eighty-nine, which is the highest level in about a month. So, anyway, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. We've got a Chipotle Mexican Grill leaving the charge to the upside here, up ninety-eight bucks, fifteen fifty-eight. Uh, we've got Peloton down a little bit. Um, Eliani, what do you got for us? All right. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.36 a.m. on February 9th. Hope everyone's doing okay out there. Uh, let's start with sports. In the NBA, Suns beat 76ers 114-109, and Bulls will play Hornets tonight. In the NHL, Coyotes lose to Canucks 1-5, and the Blackhawks will be playing the Oilers tonight. In college basketball, U of I loses to Purdue 68-84, and there's nothing to report for our friends in Phoenix. And weather in Chicago, currently sunny at 35 with a high of 39, low of 26. There's going to be a little light snow later this afternoon, so look out for that. And Phoenix, currently 48 degrees, sunny with a high of 79 and a low of 47. And busy time on the roads this morning. A uh, bit of traffic eastbound on 290 between the Tri-State North ramp to the, uh, all the way, pretty much all the way to, d- to downtown, approaching the 290 I-94 uh, construction intersect. Uh, westbound on 290 between Holman and 17th. Bit more traffic there. More traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 North ramp and the 94 East ramp. Uh, traffic on 94 between, um, eastbound on 94, excuse me, between Dempster and Canalport. More traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and North Ave. A uh, bit more traffic um, southbound on Lakeshore between Grand and McFetteridge. Northbound on Lakeshore between Oakwood and Grand. And a bit of traffic um, northbound on I-55 between the I-90 West Ramp and Route 171. And it seems here that there's an accident that's just been reported um, here. It looks like it's on 94 West uh, looking at the I-55 Stevenson Expressway Ramp just before uh, the 50C, 53C exit, so there's going to be quite a bit of traffic right over there, so please be careful driving this morning, everyone, and that's all I have for you, Chief. The um, Russell, I'm looking at uh, this inflation number this week, which you know when I talk about, the expectation is for 0.4%. Um, you probably don't know it, but you've already been conditioned now that you're not going to look at the monthly, you're going to look at the year over year, which of course yeah. is a lagging indicator. Now, Starts going to go down. Are they still going to give us the year over year? They're going to. I think. I think that these guys are planning. These guys and women. There's so many women out there that you know. I guess they're part of the evil cabal now. If there is an evil, evil cabal, you can't be away from it. If you're in, once you're in, you're in, right? And uh, where exactly? Uh, so and, they, and you can't get out. Are they going to have one month where they screw the numbers down? And are they, are they going to declare victory in this inflation before the election? I think the answer is yes. I think they hope 
they can uh, put the genie back in the bottle before the election. I don't think they're going to be able to. Uh, and and I heard a really good. I've been up for a while already. I was on a call with a bunch of uh, European macro guys earlier today, and one of them made a heck of a point about the last times we've had inflation or spikes in inflation, and it was uh, and, and it actually was transitory. Uh, but, what happened was we would get a little bit of a spike in inflation. We would get a correction in uh, the market, and then inflation would, would follow, you know, or inflation would kind of drop off. It really wasn't Fed action that got it under control. It was more of a, a market correction that uh, kind of pushed down inflation. I don't think they want a market correction between now and November. So they're going to try to manage it at the, the Fed level. Uh, managing it at the Fed level with a 25 basis point cut every meeting, and this is what's priced in now. There's a 25 basis point hike, sorry. I'm so used to us cutting. Yeah. Uh, priced in at every meeting with the exception of the one that is just before the election day, uh, November 2nd meeting. Uh, that's not going to be enough to correct inflation. It, it's going to take some other forces to do it. And I think it's going to be a correction of asset prices. You see, you know, when you they were just going to, they were just going to, we're going to see the stock market. Um, you know, we're going to see the S and P five hundred. You know, under four thousand, something like that, is really what it's going to take to get it under control. And it's not going to be anything the government does. It's going to be market forces. Imagine that. Um, two questions. One is. When I was at Pullman, they used to say the, the 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 snarks would always say the real the purpose of a meeting, the real purpose of a meeting is to schedule another meeting. Uh, meetings ain't work. Yeah. Uh, so you yeah. now I'm going to say that the real reason for a professor to say something like you just did is to bring up enough questions where there has to be another class. <laughs> not necessarily. I'm not. That's not where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> you, you, you sort of did. I mean, I, I picked up on it. I yeah. hope I hope some of the listeners, after listening to me all these years, uh, picked up on it. What you're saying is there's external uh, impacts on the money supply other than the Fed. Yeah, there, there. You know, we we talk about, in, and even in the academic space, we talk about monetary policy, which is the Fed, and fiscal policy, which is uh, the the regular old government. And you need both of them to work together to manage the economy. Uh, the, the fiscal side, you know, they just want to spend as much money as possible. And the monetary side, they just keep creating money so the fiscal side can spend money. Uh, the only thing that's going to correct a negative in the overall economy, and I'm going to say uh, high inflation is a negative for the overall economy, is just an adjustment by the private sector. Okay. Apparently that's I, I I mean I heard that on this meeting from a pretty smart guy this morning and I haven't been able to go research the numbers that he was talking about. Uh, but yeah, he, apparently I did not real I did not recall this. In the summer we got a, a surprise CPI PPI number in the summer of two thousand eight. We did and we did. And and the Fed is not what put that one back in the bottle. I'm gonna I'm gonna and then in, in 94, we got one, um, and they kept trying to do 25 basis point 
um, hikes to get that one under control, and then finally they went to 50 and 75. And I'm afraid that's what's going to end up happening. But that will also get us back to some normalcy with respect to the, you know, the risk-free rate. I'm going to give you a, a free a free shot here. Free, feel free to use this in class if you think I have any, uh-huh. any clue what I'm talking about. The, the Fed, in our, in our system, and, and I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm lecturing to a Ph.D. guy. Uh, I shouldn't be doing that. Um, in our That's system, right. in our system, the uh, what you know, and there's one one little tiny area of economics I'm pretty good at because I because it's, that's all I've done is study for forever. Um, in our system, the Fed kind of monitors and guides. They don't they don't necessarily raise or lower interest rates other than the discount rate, right? Mm-hmm. They 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 essentially monitor and, and guide the money in the pool. To, to guide it towards certain interest rate outcomes, correct? Yeah. Which is a lot different than what most people think. When they say they're they're raising this rate, they're really not. They're saying they're pulling some money out of the pool, so that's where the rate lands. So it's really they have a target. It's called a target. Yes, rate. it's called a target rate. So yeah, which doesn't, doesn't mean you're going to hit it, right? Yeah. Well, they they adjust every week. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they keep pretty close. They, they're also shooting. We're also shooting for a range there. Well, I mean, I don't know how they're going to hit it this time because they basically destroyed the federal funds network. So yeah. how they're going to go back to you? But that, that, that's another. That's the next week thing. But I usually use the example, uh, uh, Russell, and in terms of uh, if all of a sudden the economy is getting good and you decide you're going to build, you're going to borrow for a hot dog stand, you're going to go to the bank. Now I'm going to put, let's just say, hypothetically, I put a million dollars in Eliani's bank, and you go in and say, "Gee." I really want to build this hot dog stand, and it's going to cost me eight hundred thousand. Now, given a reserve requirement, let's not go into that. You borrow eight hundred grand from the bank, and you put it in your checking account at the bank. Well, the money supply is now down is now a million eight, correct? Yep. So, and if the next person comes in and borrows something, maybe he can borrow six forty. Now it's it's two million four forty, if my math is right, correct? Mm-hmm. So, so the 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 system lives and breathes on its own, and and creates creates money, creates the ability to spend money on its own, or the other way around. I don't know if hot dog stand was a bad idea, here's your money back, type of thing. So so what the Fed has to do, if they just want to maintain, say, a 3% money supply growth, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of guys, as smart as you and me, that need to do this on a daily basis and make sure things don't get out of control, because the economy... When it grows fast, is is liable to get out of control, or if it or if it contracts, it's liable to get out of control that way. So what you're saying is, but this I never use this example, but the same thing could be said of stocks, right? This this Chipotle mm-hmm. is up, say, a hundred bucks, up one hundred eleven dollars. All right, so hundred dollars times the amount of shares outstanding, say it's a billion. So now it's a hundred billion dollars more in people's accounts. 50% of which of that is borrowable for other stocks. So we've just created um, $50 billion that can be borrowed on and bought more stocks today, correct? So yep. we, so when you're saying the economy, if there was a blip in inflation and, and the market didn't like it, something else happened. You know, an asteroid hit Little Rock or someplace, who the hell knows. Something else happened, and all of a sudden the market were to go down 30%. You're sucking an awful lot of liquidity out of the system, that, yeah. that the Fed doesn't have to do. As a matter of fact, if they don't want it to happen, they're going to have to put 
stuff back in the system because it doesn't fall too fast, correct? That's what they did in 2007, 2008. But I think what your buddies on the phone are are really wrong about, um, Russell, and I, I would love to be on with these guys if they could take me apart. Uh, I don't mind being taken apart. You learn that way. I think what they're really mm-hmm. wrong about is this has been a 20-year Fed phenomenon of, of pumping money in the system and loving the fact that some areas have prices going up and now it's become way more of a general thing because it, it, it hit gas and food where before it, it hit it just hit uh, utilities it hit it hit med- the medical care and hit universities and it's it's just spreading out to where people are more aware of it but it's been there for a long time and there's no way on earth this can be corrected without the Fed re- reversing some of the crap they've done in my opinion. Yeah, and they're going to have to, and they're, they're, I mean, that, that's what the tapering is all about. Uh, and that was another thing is, uh, the, the feeling was that tapering is more important than what they, what they do with, uh, interest rates. Uh, especially because you, you just, you were using the example of borrowing money from the bank, and usually the idea behind raising interest rates is that fewer businesses will be willing to borrow money from the bank because interest rates are higher. You know, Borrowing at I don't know what what it would what the rate would be for my hot dog stand, but it probably is going to increase over the next few months by maybe a half a percent or so. And in the big scheme of things, I don't think that w- that's enough to change my mind. Well, but here's the other issue: as as borrowing money. I don't, it, it's right. going to take a lot of Fed action for businesses to shy away from borrowing money and you know, looking at the fed funds rate around 150 175 by the end of this year i don't think that's enough for a behavior change no but it's going to change the price well it's going to change the price some and it's going to impact some of the liquidity but another issue is you were talking about the you know basically the money multiplier yeah uh, the money multiplier has crashed Relative to the money supply, um, it is, and so uh, I mean it, they, they're like opposite-looking charts. So uh, you know, the, the little a trillion bit. dollars is not getting the same multiple right now as it was getting, um, you know, three or four years ago. Well, Russell, they, I think they, that's why we tripled or quadrupled the money supply, and prices haven't gone up that much because the multiplier is gone down so much. But if that starts to increase somewhat. I look out. That's where inflation could that that could really be a next leg of um, they, they put, inflation. They put so much money into the system after two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. The system couldn't even absorb it. Yeah, but so, I mean that, that's why I mean right there. That's why the multiplier is so low relative to the money outstanding. But it's it's still any, it's creeping back. Anything with it. It's creeping back. It's creeping up a little bit. It and is now. It is now. It ha- you know. Well. For for a while, that's that's what I was saying about it's, it's even hard to figure this out, Russell, because they blew up the funds market because the excess money at the bank we just kicked back to the Fed every night. So you're right; that's that's yeah. almost like it's not even in the system. You know, you're the only person I know that probably knows. You know, you know what the you know what the the name for that money is? The back kick back to the Fed every night. I don't. It's called it's called M zero. M zero. Yeah, and before. The Fed decided to get rid of the M1 back, I'm going to say, five, six years ago when they were pouring all this cash in. Uh, they, the M0 was bigger than M1. That's how much they were pouring in. 
where they're just buying, they're just buying everything, every band. But what, but how many bands did they, but my next, well, if you don't mind, I want to ask you this question. You, 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 you're on the phone with me, the listeners, you're on the phone with other learned people earlier, and everybody has their opinions on the Fed. Does anybody say something like, I don't give a crap what these guys, they've been talking for a year, they haven't done anything yet. Does anybody bring that up? I mean, have you ever? Heard yeah, it did. Get, it did get brought up that um, there's been an awful lot of talk, awful lot of talk. Sorry, and not a whole lot of action. Well, you know the the, the, the balance sheet the, made another the, new record high last week at eight. Mm-hmm. So they're not as they talk; <laughs> they keep building it. We're up to eight point eight seven three trillion. Now, so what's mm-hmm. your guess? If they ever, and I I still believe. If, if they find it, if they can manage to get a, a get or steal or do something with an inflation number that's lower, they're still not going to do anything. I, I, I put that, I, I don't know if I'm going to, I would gamble on it. They might do one rate just because they said, if they can get away to get from here to December, September, or, I'm sorry, November without doing anything, Russell, they're going to do it. What do you think? Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they can't do that. They just can't. It's got to, it, it, they, they, we're, we've reached a point where inaction is, is gonna be met I, with uh, some pretty dire numbers. I'm, I'm with you, so, but I guarantee you somebody moved. And, and honest to God, if I, you know what, if I were on the Fed, and, and that's not something I would ever want to do, but if I were, you know, if I were in the room getting to make an argument, and in there a cabal, like you like to say, and they're nefariously trying to, Make sure everything's really good by November to, to help people keep their jobs at election time. Um, I would say let's bite the freaking bullet right now and let's do a couple of fifty basis point hikes the next two meetings. Uh, get us to somewhat of a normal interest rate, and hopefully we're looking at some recovery in the fall. And, and you know that might help keep whatever guys we're trying to keep in office in office. Uh, that that's you know that I I think that's kind of the best solution and that but that's also coming from somebody who you know i'm, I'm starting to that being in the ivory tower is starting to rub off on me a little bit you know i mean i'm a professor with a decent contract at a state school nothing's gonna you know I, this is not going to have much of a direct impact upon me um let me you know what i mean it's, I, I mean, it's, it's not like um you are uh you know, I, by the way I, i'm agreeing with you Real close, but there's a part of me that says, I know that there's a few gnomes out there that are sitting there going, you know, if this number comes in at point three, we're going to say it's coming down, see it was transitory all along, our normal policy is going to be okay, we can take another wait and see on this. I guarantee you there's people that are hoping that that happens and are going to bring that strategy up. Guarantee it. Oh, I know that... uh, Again, the, the call I was on this morning was, was more about Europe, but of course the U.S. influences Europe, and the the rate decisions over there, uh, they, they, it's almost like a split room right now, uh, and we're, we're not really we're not seeing that on our end. Uh, what it's going to take it's going to take a couple of guys breaking to the upside. By the way, you said we something. Do more. We got to do more, and we got to do it now. By the way, you said something. Uh, we're doing more, and financial markets be damned. But now that you're, this is supposed to be about the economy, you, not the market. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! 
Spoken. It's supposed to be. Spoken. I didn't say it is. I said it's supposed to be. Spoken like a good guy and a professor. That's right. Now, do you think I that... Do you think I, know, that, I know what... You know, I, I've been on with you long enough now. I know when I say the things, what, what's going to get you. <laughs> well, I mean, As you do me. And that one gets you. I'm gonna I'll, I'll, let me run this one by you. If the rates uh-huh. sneak up a little bit, what you said earlier again, you say these things will you get to give another class? You're correct. The Eliani, in my opinion, you're correct. The Eliani Russell hot dog stand person doesn't really care that we go from point two five to point five because guess what, Eliani and Russell, as much as I love the two of you, you're not getting that rate, but other people are. All right, so yeah. so you're you're going to be paying seven anyway, maybe six and a half if you if you got a rich daddy. Uh, so you're you're up there anyway. You're 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 with the plumbers, right, and, and the electricians. You're 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 the part that goes over the fence last, as my grandmother used to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Now yeah. the people who are loving the fact that they're getting stuff for two percent while you're having to pay seven, they're they're they might actually be affected. When, by this first part, they're not going to be happy. You mean no. I can't I can't borrow money at two percent to go take over some company that's doing better than I am? They're not going to be. And, and those people are, let's say, they're a little more powerful than you and Eliani and me. Uh, they yes, they are. I mean, there's I almost can't. I don't I don't know why I get this feeling that the governments. The policyholders are too tight to this. They're too close. The people who are, are are benefiting the most are too close. I'm sure they always have been in most of the, but it just seems like it's getting worse. I don't know. It would control the news and control everything else. I mean, it is just me or no. It is. It, it is. And you know what? There. It, I'm, I, another thing I'm starting to really become more and more aware of is uh, the, the the split in the, of the whole country. Between the coast and I count Chicago as being as, as being a small part of the coast. Okay, you know it. it, it they, Chicago and the west coast and the east coast got about half the people living in in those areas, and then you have the other half of the people living in the middle. Yeah, you know, I live in Chicago. I I still but but I go down to I go to the other part uh, every week and come down to, come down here to Indiana. Which is, you know, part of the middle that has, a, I think, just has a, I think they're two very different worldviews, even though we're in the same country. Well, you know, people on the coast look at us as members of the world, where, you know, as global citizens, whereas people in the middle of the country look at ourselves as Americans. And the people on the coast are more concerned with big macro picture type things and don't pay, and, and just aren't really aware of the impact of actions on regular folks in the U.S. Well, the, the difference and between... That, and, that, and what I'm talking about, I swear, what I'm talking about relates to the Fed. The Fed people are even the ones that, you know, you know the, the person that's in charge of uh, the, the banks in the middle of the country, most of them are educated either, you know, out on the West Coast or out oh, on God the East yeah, Coast. Yeah. So th- that's bled into their thinking as well. So... The Fed's the Fed's taking actions. They're looking at the markets, which people on the East Coast care more about for the most part than the overall economy, and they're not really taking into account what's happening to regular folks based on their actions. Well, even the the guy who was on the Siebel they, board. They don't know. Remember Silas Keene? He was a he was a Philadelphia guy and became the the 
the head of the Chicago Fed. Those mean uh, those guys think that the the whole job of the government is to is to maintain the the ten big banks now five or four, right? Yeah, because I mean, uh, without them, everything is going to fall apart. By the way, you're. Uh, you know what happens if there's an opportunity to make money? Somebody in the America is going to show up and fill that gap. Oh, absolutely. Hey, yeah, we got a dash, but you know there is a between the difference between Chicago and maybe south of I eighty. I don't think it's even as bad as Indianapolis is an absolute island in that state. <clears throat> the difference in thought between university people in Indiana and uh, Indianapolis and Bloomington and the rest of Southern Indiana. There's a spread that I don't think is even that's worse than Illinois. Oh, I see it because I see it because I have students that are you know from both, and it's really great to have that that kind of mixture of people and have exposure to them every week. A lot of my buddies we came from Indianapolis, and uh, they didn't think they were too much the same as the dudes a couple of counties down. Just, just saying. Anyway, have a good weekend, buddy. Talk at you next <laughs> week. SP Futures up forty two. Nasdaq Futures up one eighty five. Still to the moon here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.